This the remix. I felt like we got traded to the Kings overnight. I don't know how to explain all this. Uh, we're obviously happy for him and, and his next gig, but for him to step up with uh, you know, the last minute call with Coach Kerr out. So it's what we're about. Uh, Coach Kerr and his staff, they all do it together all year long. So I know Coach is at home right now. Uh, super proud of the way that we perform, the way Coach led the whole staff. So we've got to keep doing it until Coach gets back. Started off with Tyler Bischoff on ESPN Radio. Steph, that one-liner you said on TNT after the game, uh, you guys, uh, some something to the fact that you guys felt like you were maybe all turned into the Sacramento Kings or something. Uh, some I misheard that. I was saying because Mike was the coach, it felt like we all got traded because there was a lot of talk about him being the head coach, and obviously all of a sudden now he is the head coach of our team tonight. So it wasn't about how we were playing. It was about just the vibe of Mike Brown as the head coach of the Kings, and, and now all of a sudden now he's the head coach of two teams. So... Gotta get that straight. Yeah, it's good save. Thank you. The Las Vegas Journal Review. <laughs> Not really. His math's wrong. 99%'s impossible. There's only 30 parks. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I didn't know Steph Curry walked back his Kings joke. That's disappointing. Yeah, he did. His and Kings he also joke did. was great. They he also played. did, I think, after the, the, the live... Uh, spot after the game. The guy said uh, congratulations not being traded to the Kings. He goes yeah, thanks. But yeah. he kind of smiled and walked away. It was a great joke, yeah. right? They're, Steve Kerr's not there because he tests positive for COVID. Mike Brown has to be the coach for the game. Mike Brown just got announced as or reportedly announced as the Kings next head coach. The Warriors played awful. <laughs> and played Curry's, like the Kings. Right, and Curry's like, it's like we were the Kings today. Like, we got traded. It was a great joke. He didn't need to walk it. We all know the Kings suck. Who's yeah. going to be mad at him for saying the Kings suck? We said it yesterday. They're the worst team in North American sports the right. last 20 years. Who's going to be mad at him for that? The no, Kings. Mike Brown, maybe. Mike Brown yeah. will be like, hey, I got to turn them around, Steph. Go, don't rip me. Nobody else is going to be mad at him. He did not need to walk that back. That was a perfectly fine joke. That everybody was fine with. Even Kings fans have to be like, yeah, we suck. <laughs> Kings fans are probably like, we wish we could play like that. We wish we could trade for him. Yeah, 24% from three. That sounds great, guys. <laughs> so the NHL draft lottery is tonight. The Golden Knights are involved in this. Barely. <laughs> Barely, Barely is the right word. They had The Golden Knights had what is the worst season outcome. Miss the playoffs. Don't get any postseason games. And you're likely... I, Predators had the worst outcome. Golden Knights had the second worst outcome. Predators made the playoffs. They're not even in the lottery. They're out of the playoffs before the lottery even right. happens. Seven days. But they're not in it. The Golden Knights at least have a 1.1% a chance to move up tonight. So there's a 98.9% chance that the Golden Knights will have the sixth in the NHL draft, which means they won't have it. It'll go to the Sabres. But there is a 1.1% chance that they can move up. Now, the new lottery rules, you can only move up 10 spots. So the Golden Knights cannot get the number one pick. The draft lottery is not to award the number one pick. It's just to see if anybody jumps up 10 spots. So the Golden Knights, if they win the lottery today, they'll be drafting six. What, the pick is top 10 protected? Top 10 protected. So if the Golden Knights win the lottery or move up to seventh, if they win one of the two lotteries. Right. 1.1% chance it happens, but they would keep their pick and they'd be picking sixth or seventh in the NHL draft. If they lose the lottery, that pick goes to Buffalo and right. Buffalo will be picking 16th overall in place of Vegas. 
um, which adds to it being one of the worst possible outcomes where you miss the playoffs. And you lose your pick. You don't even have your pick. Right. At least it's top 10 protected. So if they win the lottery, they get to keep it. Right. But, yeah, pretty brutal. And then brutal. what? The, next, the, the first rounder goes to the next season? Because uh, they're not going to lose that. I believe so, yeah. They're not going to lose that first rounder for Eichel. Buffalo's right. not. Yeah, I think it's next season's first rounder would go uh, to Buffalo instead. And granted, It'd we would be a worse pick if they make the playoffs. Granted, we would have said this in January. but It'd it's be in the 20s. Yeah, it seems unlikely the Golden Knights would miss the playoffs and be in the lottery again next year. If they are, there are lots of problems for the Golden Knights. But... It's a draft lottery that you uh, have a 1.1% chance of caring about if you're Vegas. Otherwise, it kind of means absolutely nothing because you're going to lose the pick. You lose the pick, and there's a 98.9% chance you do lose the 16th overall, and Buffalo ends up making that pick instead. Um, here's Here's something we haven't gotten to a lot so far. Is Robin Leonard and where he sits in this offseason with Golden Knights moves. Nobody has been fired yet. We know, according to Bill Foley, the owner, that Kelly McCrimmon is coming back, and by default, George McPhee is coming back. We haven't actually heard anything about Pete DeBoer. Maybe they fire him and hire Barry Trotz. Maybe there's another coach they'd rather hire that they think is going to be available. But as of now, Pete DeBoer is the head coach. Uh, As of now, I'd guess Pete DeBoer is the favorite to be their coach for the first game of the season. If that's true, front office is back, coaching staff is back. Is Robin Leonard back? Well, who would take the contract as it is? Would there be teams out there who'd be willing to take the contract as it is with his injury problems and uh, how much money he makes? Would you have to retain some of that? He is, is, he, is, he it, is 30 and has three years left on the deal at $5, at five million. million. It is not a good contract to take on, but I don't think it's an awful contract to take on. Right, like he's thirty. He's not thirty-seven. Right, you just wouldn't be paying him five million a year. Right, it's if, and <laughs> but, but five million. I will. I wouldn't pay any goalies. You are right. <laughs> but like, if you look at goalie salaries, five million puts you, I think, in the top fifteen. But it's not. It's not Basileski. seven and a half. It's not nine. It's not eleven. Right, right. like five million is reasonable if you believe you're going to get sixty plus games out of Robin Leonard every year for the next three years. Then five million is probably a good deal for you. So I don't think it's a. It's not a completely awful contract that Robin Leonard's untradeable. The problem for the Golden Knights is like we've seen for two straight seasons, they're already over the salary cap from a position of no leverage. And right. teams right. know that they've got to move somebody to get yeah. under the salary cap. So I think there there's there's two there there's a key detail here. Are they trading Robin Leonard? And that's their answer to get under the salary cap? Or do they trade somebody else to get under the cap and then they're trading Robin Leonard just because there's some sort of division between him and the coaching Look, staff? Can you do both? And, right. Well, that's the thing. I'm saying if if they if we go into the offseason and they don't make any major moves and it's Letting like Riley Smith walk. Right. But but they're like, but they're over this cap and they're trying to trade Leonard, then other teams are gonna look around and say, Well, if you don't trade Leonard, you're over the cap, so right. you have to trade him. So Here's Mikel Hekarainen, right. like they got for Mark Andre and a sixth round pick. Right, might not even get that. But let's say hypothetically they trade Max Pacioretty, and now they're under the salary cap, but they still want to trade Leonard. Well, they don't have to trade Leonard no. then if you're under the cap, and conceivably you could get something back. Now it's still a third round pick. A four, it's not a. It's not like a great 
value you're getting back. But conceivably, you can get something for him if you're trading him just because there's a division with the front office. But if they decide that's the move to make to get under the cap, then you're probably getting nothing back or nothing any good back. How much do you think as they go through these talks, which like you and I said uh, at the beginning of the show, that Pete DeBoer's evaluation has to be over. If not, they've been sitting around having lunch at at the pizza parlor (laughs) up uh, above the ice. Um, I think the second half of the season he had to answer on, the power play he had to answer on. But how much do you think the discussion is, look, this guy's our goalie. Can you coexist with him? And if you can't coexist with him, what are we going to do here? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a fair that question be part because if you're trying to build a Stanley Cup contender going into next season, the the high risk but high reward scenario well, is Logan Thompson plays well. Is Logan Thompson is your starting goalie next year and, he's good. and and Robin Leonard's off the team. And that way you're not paying your goalies anything cuz you, you get a backup and how you know, a million bucks for a backup or something. Because then you're you're Milsey you, you're not paying your bat. You're not paying your goaltender position anything, and the high reward is that he's good. Is that Logan Thompson is as good as he was for these last whatever fifteen games that he right. played? That's good enough to like win the uh, division. The high risk is he's not and he stinks. Right, and now you go into next year without a legitimate bat, without a legitimate goalie, and you're scrambling in season to find one, and no one's going to help you out anyway. Right, so that's the high risk, high reward. But that posi- that position's key because this is a team that thinks they should be winning the Stanley Cup. If they believe in Logan Thompson, that's what they should do. Is they should go with him in a cheap backup and say, "This is it. We believe in the guy. We think he can win the Stanley Cup." If they don't, then it becomes, "Do you hold on to Robin Leonard because you already have him under contract, and if you trade him away, you're probably not going to get anything back?" Or is it? He cannot coexist with the coaching staff and or the front office. We've got to move on from him, even if it means we get nothing in return. And and if you do that and you don't believe in Logan Thompson, you then have to find another goal. Right. You've got to find somebody else that you do believe in. So it, that's a fascinating position for the offseason because it could tell us, it, it'll A, tell us a lot about the salary cap and what happens elsewhere. Because if they keep Leonard, somebody else has to go. And it'll be tell us a lot about the relationship between Leonard and the front office or the coaching staff because they might have to. Robin Leonard might say, "I'm not playing for you guys anymore." Right? He might be like, "I don't, I don't like DeBoer, or I don't like McPhee, or I don't like McCrimmon. Like you guys made me <laughs> sit around and not get surgery." Like he might say, I'm, "I'm just not playing for you guys." In which case, you you have to trade him, and either you believe in Logan Thompson or you've got to find a way to acquire another goalie you do believe in, which is hard to do. Two things. First, is it Bersois still under contract, technically? Uh, he is. Okay, so, you know, you got another option there. Yeah. And then also, it's going to have to be a really big sword if they're going to get rid of Robin Leonard. That <laughs> <laughs> is true. That's a claymore. They have, Laurent Bersois is under contract for $2.3 million next year. So $3 million for Logan Thompson and his backup. I have to... Okay, if... Robin Leonard is back next year. I have to imagine the Golden Knights are trading Laurent Brossois. Yeah, Logan Thompson's the backup. And listen, we're saying, how? what are you getting for Robin Leonard? You're probably getting... You're giving him away. You're probably like, here's Laurent Brossois and a fourth round pick. Right. Take him off our hands. Give us back a seventh, right? right? Like, that's in all reality. That might right. be what's happening. If they trade away Leonard, Brossois might be the backup. I would argue 2.3 is a little expensive, but 
it might be hard to get rid of him and then bring in somebody else for a million. That might not be worth it to save a million bucks. So he might end up being the backup next year to Logan Thompson. But again, what we saw from Laurent Brassois this year, what he was in his career before he came here, he's a backup. You're just hoping yes. for average backup goalie with Laurent Brassois. So if at any point it's like, oh, we got to turn to Brassois to turn the season around, you're probably in a, in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And if it's two, like Jared said, if it's two, three, and seven fifty, I mean it's worth it's better than five and seven fifty. It is. Oh yeah, it is. But your but confidence level in this goaltending group can win a cup for us is, is much a lot less. less. Hey, even you, though, and and that's the other question: How confident are you right now that you can win a Stanley Cup with Robin Leonard? From there, there, and there's two questions of that. He wasn't very good this last season. Maybe that's injury related, but he wasn't very good and he's having surgery. How good is he going to be right. next year? How he, long is he going to take to recover? We don't right. even really know how intrusive the surgery was. So part of that is how good is he? The other part is he's missed a lot of games mm-hmm. over the last couple of seasons. And it's hard to blame players when they get hurt, but like that's a legitimate reasoning for when you're deciding to keep a guy. How likely is this guy to be healthy? Concussion problems two years ago missed. What was it? Was it two months, a month, whatever it was. And now shoulder Major and shoulder knee, surgery, right? I mean, knee injury. two injuries this year that he was playing through. How reliable is his physical health next season? Like, I think you could, as a front office, you could generally sit down and say, if he's healthy, we think we can win the cup with him, but we don't think he's going to be healthy. Right. So we've got to do something else. So there, that's another question to answer is, do you believe you can win the Stanley Cup with Robin Leonard? Because that's, a, I think, a fair question to ask given the way he played this year and how unhealthy his body has been for two seasons with the Golden Knights. And if you sit down and say, we don't think he's healthy enough, then you got to figure something else out. Maybe it's just counting on Logan Thompson, but that's a fascinating position to watch. Will you update the first bite? Oh, yeah, I should do that. I got to go. You're going to have to give me a second. I got to go find it here real quick. Do you think it's weird that he uh, he's spent basically one segment convincing us goalies don't matter at all and then spending another one going, how confident are you in that goalie group? Where it's like, well, if they don't matter at all. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I, goalies matter a lot. Well, they just don't. You're saying they just don't matter at the price that they pay. No, no. They matter a lot. And if you told me you have a good goalie, for the entire regular season and every postseason series, that guy's worth paying more than any other player in the sport. My argument is that you don't know that because it's the most unpredictable position in all of sports, and good goalies don't exist because it's a random sport where the puck just goes in off of random body parts. And even if you think that guy is good... He can be plus 44 goals saved above average in the regular and season be pulled twice and get in the playoff pulled in series. back-to-back postseason yeah. games because nobody knows if a guy's soft good at in that front sport of him. or not. That's my argument. If you told if you told me goalie's going to be great the entire season and I'll, in the playoffs, I'll pay that guy $25 million. That's the, that's the most important player in the history of the sport, but nobody knows that. I'm 100% convinced nobody knows if any goalies are good. That Jordan Bennington guy came out of nowhere. For St. Louis a couple years ago. the finalist, along with the uh, guy from New York. The the Penguins were like, this Flurry guy sucks. Matt Murray's (laughs) way better. Matt Murray sucked the very next (laughs) year. Like, nobody has any idea what they're doing with the position, so don't pay him. Pay him like $7 and spend your money on the guys you can actually predict are going to be good or not. And those are the non-goalies. Here's your first bite update. We asked, should the Golden Knights hire Barry Trotz? 
Michael says, yes. Barry Trice has a positive working relationship with Robin Leonard, and he doesn't have Steve Spot for an assistant. So, yay, Robin Leonard, boo Steve Spot <laughs> is apparently the situation there. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. I have a I have a question for you, a hypothetical situation for you. Uh, somebody, random person, sends you seventy five dollars on Venmo. You keeping it or you sending it back? That I that they made the mistake. Yep, I'll send it back. What a nice guy you are. I'll send it back if they if they just. Pick the wrong picture and pick the wrong person. Yeah, like just some name you've never, nobody you know, some random person just paid you seventy five dollars. Yeah, I'd give it back. You'd send it back. Karma, man. Okay. I mean, also based on the Tyler Bischoffs on Twitter, that could be tithes for a church. Could be. There's also a cross country runner somewhere out there too named <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Bischoff. Bischoff. Yeah. yeah, that's like um, one shoe. No, I got seventy five dollars yesterday. No idea who it is. Some Jeremy guy, right? And then. I immediately got a message afterwards saying, hey, I picked the wrong Tyler right. Bischoff. Can you send me back $75? And you said and you did. 68 minus my fee. Yeah, I, paid, I caught, charged him a fee, 10%. No, I'm just kidding. I no, sent, him, I sent him back no, $75. Sent back. You sent it back. Uh, but definitely got it. It was like, huh, somebody's supposed to pay me money? Who's Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> so that so, was someone's dad. Yeah. So I sent it back. He's, he told me he paid the wrong Tyler Bischoff. So sent him sent him seventy five dollars yeah. back. I could I should have just taken it and blocked him, but I sent it back. Yeah. Or I, I, I should have charged him ten percent. I should have been like, all right, I'm keeping seven fifty of this for the fee. Yeah. Should have been like, this is this, this is a hassle. This is, take me like a whole thirty four seconds to send to send you this money back. It's way too easy to send this money. By yeah. the way, it's yeah. way too easy. Yeah. Not a hassle at all. All right. Here's Bischoff's briefs today. Alex Bregman, third baseman for the Astros, owns owns eight racing horses, and they're not fake ones like I have. They're apparently real. Uh, I guess his dad is on some New Mexico horse racing commission, so his family has been in horse racing. But he and his wife bought eight horses. Their first one raced on April 28th and finished in second, and apparently Alex Bregman watched this in the locker room before an Astros game with his teammates, which... Would be a lot of fun as somebody who's watched fake yeah. horses win races with my friends. Never this mind be, the real one. Yeah, this would be a lot of fun. But they have eight horses. I need to figure out who they are so I can bet on them. Are they going to be at Del Mar? I'll go. I'll go watch them and bet on them. Um, and apparently their goal here is like they want to eventually have a horse that's good enough good to enough race for the Derby, right? Like the Kentucky Derby and stuff. They apparently have a one-year-old that they're like hopeful they can train up to race in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but this was the this was the fun detail. From a story on MLB.com about this. The horse racing apparently in the Bregman family. Sam Bregman's father, Stan. So Sam is Alex's dad. So Sam Bregman. Grandpa. Yes. So Sam Bregman would get dropped off by Alex Bregman's grandfather. His father would drop him off at high school in Maryland in the morning. Sam Bregman would dart out of the car pass through the hall of learning and keep going waiting at the back of the school was another car driven by Bo Bregman <laughs> who would scoop up his grandson and take him to the horse track. 
Did so, the dad know that Bo was in the That's back? what I don't know. That detail is not in this story. I do not know if I, the father. So I have he was to either trying not. to fool his dad or the school. I'm guessing his dad. Because, I'm guessing his dad, too. Because he went, he went, according to this story, he was at school. People, I'm sure, saw him at school. And his grandfather was sitting out back to pick him up. So his father was dropping him off at school thinking, my son, he's going to get a good education today. He's going to take a test, going to get an A on it. Nope. His grandfather was sitting in the back of the school, hiding behind some trees in a car to take his grandson to the racetrack that day. I mean... <laughs> The racetrack's a great way to learn odds, probability, yes, yes. statistics. <laughs> statistics. The quote in here from Sam Bregman is that my grandfather would always say, you'll learn more from me than you will at school today. Come on. Now, this, wasn't, this couldn't be a daily occurrence. I assume not. I assume his father because graduated from high school. Sam's bringing home some bad grades. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering if this was a Hebrew school or not. <laughs> Like, interior bar mitzvah, you're like, I don't know anything. Grandpa's been taking me down to the track. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't say that. So, yeah, there's your uh, Bregman family story of horse racing where a grandfather was deceiving his son by stealing the grandson from school and taking him to the racetrack. So he was deceiving the he was deceiving the grandfather. Right. Is what, I, is or, what I've got Bo, to assume or, here. What's his name? Bo? Yeah, Bo was okay. the Bo was then Bo would have been parking in front, or the kid would have never gone to school. They right, would just, Bo if, would have picked him up at the house. Right, if the father was on board with it, right, he would have just come to the school or come home and been like, "Hey, let's we're picking you up today." So yeah, so he I wonder was, if Bo brought him back to school so they could pick him up. <laughs> it's like, it's like Sam, we didn't see in class today, but you been through the halls a lot. Where where have you been? You're here for pickup, but yeah, you exactly. Missed English you, you, missed, today. you missed the last three classes. Where have you been? <laughs> Why are they picking you up? It's great. I absolutely love that detail of the story about a grandfather deceiving his son by stealing away the grandson. We, uh, I do have a question for you. We know three names of Alex Bregman's horses, and I want to know if you guys think these are good names for horses. One is the one that finished second is named Cadillac Candy. Okay. Apparently, it's father or mother were named Cadillac and Candy, so they put it together. Uh, two of them have baseball names. One, Golden Sombrero. Okay. Good name? Bad name? Good name. Yeah. Yeah. Golden Good. Sombrero, I love Good the name. term. It's a funny name. It's when you strike out four times right. in a game, you get a Golden Sombrero. I mean, I don't know if they're putting many positive vibes on the horse. That was my one problem, I mean, is like, you, yeah. is if you're Alex Bregman and you get a Golden Sombrero, that's like that's a bad day. the worst day of the yeah, season exactly. for you. So I don't know if you want you. Now, if he was a pitcher, you want lots of guys to have Golden right. Sombreros. Uh, another one is Baby Got Backspin. So I don't like that. You don't like Baby no. Got Backspin. I like words. Cadillac Candy, and I like Golden Sombrero. Okay, I don't, but not Baby ba Got Baby Backspin. Got backs, backspin is a little too long. Okay. I want one or two. I want one or two, usually two words. Cut that. Yeah, cut down cut on it the down, syllables. Cut it down on the syllables. <laughs> yeah, cut it down on the syllables. But I like the other two. Again, bad vibes in the Golden Sombrero, but I think it's a cool name. Here's why I like Baby Got Backspin. It's the... Um, Sir Mix-a-Lot song, Baby Got Back. Right. But they added spin on it because you want right. the ball to have backspin when you hit it. So I, I like that. But I do agree with you. It's probably too many names. It, it was one of the pop culture references he got. Yes, of course. <laughs> I did get that one. So that's the one thing that I didn't like about it. All right. I want to give you some of the best names of our fake horses, and you tell me if you like them or not. Fake horse. <laughs> 
Go to the next one. Uh, we named one fake horse in Spanish, Caballo Falso. Uh, Caballo Falso. I don't mind that one. High card. I like that. You like high card? I like high card. Horse to be named later. No. Too long? Yes. Uh, okay. Too much. Uh, circus Circus. I like that. I, I thought it was a great fun. name yeah, for I think a that's horse. a good name. I think it's a good name. Uh, Dos Acero. Now you're getting to no, no. That's a soccer one. No. And uh, of the five of us that own the horses, one of them's an Eagles fan, so we named one Philly Philly, but it's spelled like Philly like, the horse with an F, not PH. Philly Philly. Too much explanation. I like fake horse better okay. than that one. All right. I like fake horse better than that. If one. I was an Eagles fan, Philly Philly would have been my favorite, but you're not. not. No, fake horse is my favorite. It's yeah. a great name. It's a terrific name. Unbelievable name for a fake digital horse. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say all the names are kind of. I like Circus Circus a lot. Yeah, that's that 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 one's that's good. Not bad. Yeah, that one's a. If Jared doesn't like it, it means it's good. So I'm very happy. Ryan Wallace joins the show next. This is the VGK update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I'm out. Hello, Ryan. How are you Hi, today? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Uh, important question, but a general question. You can go whichever direction you want with this. When you hear Bill Foley say something like he's going to be more active, more involved, what do you think that actually means from him? Um, I, I think, honestly, like in, in this context, I think it means simply – try to run this back as much as you possibly can um, identify what this vision looks like for this team, this core of players and allow it some time to grow, allow it some time to uh, develop. Because when you look at the, the teams in this league that are in the playoffs and, and teams in this league that are challenging for Stanley cups, you have cores, uh, a core group of players that have been together for a while without much in terms of like the core changing uh, and pieces kind of on the, on the perimeter changing. So to me, I think that this is an opportunity for Bill Foley to kind of step in and say, you need to allow Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone, um, and Robin Leonard, whoever you want to add as your your core, Shea Theodore, uh, Jonathan Marshall. So you need to give these guys some time to grow together into the team that we expect them to be. Do you believe that the evaluation on Pete DeBoer has already happened and why are they waiting around? And here's the thing we said, he might be the coach now and nobody might know because you don't announce he's staying. That would be silly because then you're giving the insinuation off, off that it was a decision to be made. But do you think the evaluation's done and do you think he's the coach? Um, I mean, I I think that based on what we heard, you know, early last week at Locker Cleanout Day, that that meeting was to take place at some point last week. So I, I do believe that that meeting has taken place. Um, as far as what the future holds, I, I think that, you know, there's still time to, to decide. I get the sense that right now you want to give Pete DeBoer an opportunity with a healthy roster to see what he can bring out of this hockey club. And, and to be honest with you, like I know that the way the season ended was frustrating for a lot of fans because the offense went dry again, because special teams didn't show up again. Uh, but I, I think the fact of the matter is that, you know, the Golden Knights and the coaching staff really did a good job of, of getting them into a position late in the season where they could compete for a playoff spot given the second and third waves of injuries that they dealt with to star players. So um, it depends on how Kelly McCrimmon evaluates the season. It depends on 
you know, what options are out there right now as far as coaching. And I know there was a big name that became available yesterday morning. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if, if you don't, you know, if you don't look at it as getting exponentially better, I don't know that you make a change right now. How realistic is it that you think they would make the change to Barry Trotz? I mean, it, there's, it's, it's the best coach available, right? Like Barry Trotz, and no disrespect to John Tortorella, who everybody knows I love. Um, <laughs> Barry Trotz is the best coach available right now on the market, and I don't think it's particularly close. So I think there are certainly teams that should be kicking the tires on Barry Trotz right now. I'm not so certain that the Golden Knights are, are the team, mainly because uh, a lot of what we've talked about with the Golden Knights is an inability to score. And if you look at Barry Trotz, what does he do better than any coach in the league? He coaches defense incredibly well. And I think when you hear you know, Bill Foley talking about the identity of moving the puck up the ice and really playing a faster brand of hockey close to what we saw year one with the Vegas Golden Knights, that doesn't really compute with what Barry Trotz will do for an organization or for a team. So um, if you want to get slightly more boring but continue to win hockey games, I think that that's kind of the direction you go if you're if you're looking at Barry Trotz. But the fact of the matter is, um, I think this is a team that wants to increase their offensive productivity, and I'm not so certain that Barry Trotz is the guy to do that. Uh, just want to read you a quick, uh, you might have seen it, a Dave Shane tweet, the Golden Knights center Jack Eichel played the final two months with a broken thumb. George McPhee said on a podcast, Eichel sustained mm-hmm. the injury March 17 against Florida. He never missed a game. Do we now go back and say our thoughts that he just wasn't the same or what we expected might have been unfair? Yeah, I mean, I I think we all should have understood at the time that he was playing through something, right? Like there was a a week and a half, two-week period where Jack Eichel wasn't taking face-offs. That's not usual for a center iceman. You know, we didn't have the full, full understanding of what the injury was, but you could just tell based on, the fact that Jack wasn't able to beat goaltenders clean with his shot was an indication that he was hampered by something. Uh, to me, I, like, I don't place a lot of blame here on Jack Eichel. You're talking about a player that didn't play hockey for 11 months, was coming off of a very new surgery to hockey players, never been done before, uh, didn't have the benefit of a training camp, didn't have the benefit of so many other things, and then three or four games into his tenure here with the Vegas Golden Knights, he breaks his thumb. So, um, and then still puts up 14 goals and led the Golden Knights in goal scoring from the moment that he got into the lineup. I don't view Jack Eichel's season as as anything but what it is, and that was a chance to get his feet wet competing again, and really the mark of what Jack Eichel is going to be for this organization starts when he comes to training camp next year and what he's able to do in a full season after a full offseason to train. What if he's simply cursed and can't ever play in the playoffs? Uh, I don't think that that's legitimate i I, listen i don't believe in this is going to sound really bad um because you know hockey superstitious all that stuff but like i don't believe in hockey gods i don't believe in curses i don't believe in jinxes like i I don't think that that's the case i I think that the golden knights were dealing with injuries all year long i think that's a big reason why you make the jack eichel trade in and of itself and then you know what he sold out blocking a shot like i'll take jack eichel blocking a shot to try to um show his team what this run means to him and then playing through a broken thumb. Like I'll take that all day long. I don't think he's cursed. I don't think that there's a situation that Jack Eichel just can't play in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. He probably should stop blocking shots until the postseason. 
I mean, I agree with you there. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy or like star players blocking shots, but I do like the willingness to do it. I guess. Can Pete DeBoer exist with his goalie, meaning Robin Leonard? I think that that depends on you know getting the other side of the story, and, and we haven't gotten that yet, right? Like, I, I think Pete's commentary at the end of the season media availability where he kind of walked back the comments on Robin Leonard being healthy enough to play and, and acknowledging that, that the, the word usage was, was not ideal uh, is probably a, a start in the right direction, a bridge to, to that gap. But, um, you know, we, we didn't get to hear from Robin Leonard. We, we haven't heard from Robin Leonard since the end of the season. So the, the fact of the matter is, it's just it's hard to really guess as to what that relationship looks like moving forward. But I will say this: if Pete Bower and Mark Andre Fleury could coexist for the for the uh, bubble season, so to speak, the the uh, only in conference uh, only in division season, then I think that Robin Leonard and Pete Bower can coexist for the Golden Knights moving forward. If they trade him, do they get more than Mikel Hekkarinen in return? Uh <laughs> I I would think so, but I I don't know. Like I don't know what the market looks like, right? I I do think that there would be um, a, a bigger market just because the cap hits smaller. But you know, the fact of the matter is, I, I don't think you trade them. I think you try to find a way to make things work, and and you look to free up cap space elsewhere. Speaking of which, give us the biggest name you think will be moved. Oh man, I hate this. Doesn't um, doesn't include Riley Smith if they just let him walk. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, the, the reality of the situation is you have to identify the, the areas of strength for this team. And right now, as ironic as it sounds, it's down the middle, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is a Golden Knights team that has more centers than they know what to do with. With the emergence of Chandler Stevenson and how well he's played, with Nick Waugh looking to take another step in his development, Brett Howden, I thought, was the perfect fourth line center for this hockey club. And then you've got Nolan Patrick, who I think, you know, you didn't get an opportunity to see what he could do because he was hurt all year long. So um, to me at 5.9 million, like the, the most shocking name would probably be William Carlson. But to, to be honest, like that might be the one that makes the most sense. The production's been down. And if you're looking at $5.9 million as your third line center, I don't know that that makes things work for the Golden Knights. So I don't know that that's going to, to be feasible or, or even realistic, but I think that that would be the name that, that would make sense from, from a roster construction standpoint. Uh, it would free up quite a bit of money, and you know it would kind of make the picture a bit clearer as to where the centers are on this team. William Carlson never scored 20 goals in a season again? I think so. Uh, I mean, I like... I thought his commentary was pretty telling about confidence, right? Like the, the ability to make reads and make plays and, and go out there and trust your instincts a little bit, and, you know, the freedom to make mistakes uh, that all kind of resonated with me. Um, I think the pressure on William Carlson is to defend well and, and to defend well within the system. And if, if that's what he's focused on doing and you, you're not able to have some of that creativity in the offensive zone, I think it stifles his ability to put the puck in the back of the net. But I think that if if there's a little bit more freedom offensively, yeah, I could see him scoring 20 goals again. All right. He's Ryan Wallace, BGK Insider Show over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You were out at T-Mobile yesterday for the, uh, what are, when they paint the ice? Yeah, coat the fortress. Did you go paint yeah. anything on the ice? No, 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 no. Uh-huh. I, 
unfortunately. Um, I, I did say, though, what I would paint on the ice. Like, Chris Chapman lost a bet on the show, and he's going to have to, at some point over the course of the offseason, eat a habanero pepper. Um, oh. So I, I would paint a, a Bob Ross picture of Chris Chapman biting into a habanero pepper and all the sweat <laughs> crying that would ensue after that. I look forward to Chapman having to eat a, uh, eat something as a punishment. That sounds fun. Yeah, we're we're gonna get it on video or or something. It'll be released on Twitter. I, I'm not sure. Like, we want to do something creative and fun with it. Uh, but Chris Chapman just kind of threw out a wild accusation and uh, lost a bet. So it was fantastic. All right, I look forward to it. Ryan Wallace, VGK. Thanks, Ryan. Show. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I enjoy Chris Chapman having to suffer if he's got to eat a pepper. Yeah. that sounds fun. Jerry, have you ever had any of those peppers? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, in, Difficult? I mean, like white rice is a little spicy for me. So <laughs> let's, uh, so you're not doing that one chip challenge. That's like the oh, hottest chip. On I'll Earth. definitely do it. <laughs> like, that's the problem is I'll definitely like, I'll do it. You guys are going to the ones that are going to have to live with the smell of me just sweating. <laughs> All right, here we go. Wait, We've hold on real quick though. What were, what would you paint on the ice? Cause I, I know what I would, and that would not be something that's acceptable for if there were children around. Jake Bischoff. Oh, with a sword through his back. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Multiple swords. Maisie yeah. and Mikey with a sword through their backs. <laughs> <laughs> we got tickets to go see the Steve Miller band. They're coming to Las Vegas, May 13th and 14th. We've got two for May 13th at the Venetian Theater. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. If you want to go see the Steve Miller Band, we'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. You're locked in the press box. Uh, he's so good. Oh, yeah. God, I forget the Clemson player. Who was it? Played for the Lakers? Oh, Clemson player. Who was that? They asked him if he earned a degree at Clemson. He said, no, but they gave me one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it the North Carolina kids that they 60 Minutes interviewed? And they were like, what language? And they were like, Swahili. Do you speak Swahili? <laughs> no. no. No, of course I do not. <laughs> do you think I, he took a music appreciation class, didn't he? Oh, he probably did. Where he sat yeah. there and listened to music and appreciated got it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. According to the internet, he... Was enrolled in the business program at oh, Auburn. at Auburn. He did not. He left early, so he did not graduate. Okay. I don't know if he's. Maybe he's gone back and graduated. I don't know. Why but, would he? Yeah, probably. Good point. Um, so yeah, did you? Did either of you take a music class? Uh, I did not, but I took bowling. I had to take. Uh, I had to take a theater class, uh, like an actual singing course. When I was at one of the one of the many schools I went to, and the teacher about halfway through the song just put his hand up, made the piano player stop, and goes, "Yeah, don't do any of that. You can in, sit down." In college, you had to take a theater class. Well, I was a theater major oh. when I was eighteen, but one of them was you had to like learn musical theater, and the teacher just like, "Yeah, you're not going to sing anymore after the first day." Went well for you. How was your bowling class? Just an elective for one unit where you have to you have to Show get one unit. Bowl? Yeah, bowling. Yeah. It was a how bowling you, uh, center on campus. How would you fail? Not show no, up. Just not show up. But what if you sucked? What if you like didn't Doesn't hit matter. a pin the entire you just had class? To show up. You the gutter unit. bowl, gutter you ball every time. Yeah, as you long as you unit. could do the math of like, who's, oh, that's a strike. As long as they, they who's the teacher? 
of this bowling class? No clue. Someone who signed me in. <laughs> that, that was it. It was just one unit, but I mean, you know, how you're. Andy, I know, but like, you're I, going I towards yeah, graduation, yeah. like, uh, I need one more. What, you know, what's the easiest class I could take? It looked to be bowling. It was right next to the bar on campus. <laughs> uh, it was right next to, you know, I mean, was, uh, so I mean, you know, back in the day when I actually drank. When I went to UMKC, they had a one-credit elective of archery that every summer would get canceled after a week because of like, all right, guys, yeah, let's not we told it. you not to aim it at each other. <laughs> at each other. But it was waitlisted. My roommate took two electives like that. One was jogging, and the end of the class, their final was they had to run a mile and certain times were your A, B, or C. Now it was it oh, was based like on that. you ran a mile to start and then it was based on that time. So you had So to, if you ran like a fifteen minute mile to start, you had to improve yourself to like right, twelve by to get a certain like amount a. to okay. get an A. Right. It wasn't a hey, run a five minute a mile. mile to get an A. Okay. Right. It That's was not jogging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was based on your I would have been first mile. I would have been walking really fast that first time. If no, they told oh, me that. No, you'd have been said, going really slow the first time. No, that's time. what I'm saying. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah you'd be Lower literally jogging. A lot of shoulders. No, yeah, you'd be literally jogging like as slow as you can to get like a 20-minute mile. But he also took racquetball, okay. which was just you show up and play racquetball. Okay. On his last day of racquetball class, he hit his teacher in the face. <laughs> what grade did he get? Uh, he's still pat. That one was pass Pass fail. fail? He still passed, but he hit his teacher in the face because I don't remember exactly what happened, but they were their final day was just they were just playing with people and they, they, had, a, they had an even number of, right. of students, but somebody didn't show whoever he's supposed to play. So with the teacher walked up. in. So the teacher was like, well, I'll play with you today because whoever you're supposed to play with isn't here. And he hit him in the face. <laughs> that is almost <laughs> suddenly my bowling seems a lot better than any of this stuff. That is almost eerily similar to a story my dad tells, except he took racquetball three semesters. <laughs> they had racquetball and, one, two, and three? And by, I believe by the, third three. by the third time, it was just him and the teacher just <laughs> going back Racquetball three. Did he major in racquetball? <laughs> no, he has a business degree from Drake. <laughs> I don't even know what classes I took three times for my actual major. No, I don't. I was English. I just know I read a lot. <laughs> That's all I know. I'm broadcast journalism and sociology. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> racquetball three times. Is he any good at racquetball? He's really good. <laughs> he better I be. Hope so. he, he took, took three it three semesters. Times. My God. <laughs>